Broadcasting from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. So, most of the times I'm just Q Ward. Today, I am Scoop Newsworthy. <laughs> According to Ramses Ja. <laughs> He knows exactly what you'll, talking you'll see about. what he's talking about in just a second uh we got a lot for you to stick around for a great show um lined up for you we recently had a uh an experience both q and i with a with a friend of ours where we had to articulate the differences between the uh, two political parties in this country where uh a dear friend of ours again a dear friend was trying to say that they're the same and there's no reason to engage. And I feel like that is a, a, a common thought, common feeling um, amongst people in his particular age group and, and indeed in our age group as well. And so we wanted to point out some things that um, really illustrate some key differences, especially in the past, let's call it eight to 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you should know about if you don't follow politics as closely as we need to here on this show. So that's uh, one of the things we want you to stick around for. We're going to be, of course, talking about some recent events uh, over the past week. Uh, the former president uh, being found liable for uh, sexual assault, I believe. And uh, we're also going to be talking about the most recent major mass shooting event unfortunately these are things that kind of fall under our wheelhouse here as well because there is definitely a racial component that we need to pay attention to and uh we're going to be talking about a white man for our way black history fact and you don't want to miss that so a lot to stick around for but first and foremost like we always do at this time kind of the illustrious kind of <laughs> how we always do at this time the one and only q ward <laughs> is going to hit you in the head with some ebony excellence <laughs> Ebony Excellence this week Sponsored by Major Threads You guys don't know how much I love Ramses And because you can't see me right now You really don't know How much love I'm expressing For my my brother Teammate and partner in crime right now uh, On May 3rd, veteran journalist Nicole Avery Nichols was named Editor-in-chief of the Detroit Free Press What up though, Detroit? For the past 25 years, Nichols has reported on news In Detroit covering topics such as culture, culinary arts, and more recently, COVID-19. The past two years, Nook Nichols served as editor-in-chief at Chalkbeat, a nonprofit publication centered on education. Uh, quote, I firmly believe in centering people and their experience within the heart of journalism, and I am thrilled to be leading one of America's most powerful newsrooms as we tell the stories that matter the most, Nichols said in a press release. Quote, Nichols' deep knowledge of local issues most important to Detroit area residents, combined with a fearless and unflinching commitment to journalism that is essential in the communities we serve, makes her the perfect fit for the free press, end quote. Kristen Roberts, a chief content officer uh, at Gannett and the USA Today Network said, quote, I am confident that under Nichols' leadership, the free press will deliver exclusive and solution-focused journalism to our readers, viewers, and listeners' wants. Nichols began her, began her career, rather, as a news reporter at the Utica Observer Dispatch, also holding positions at the Detroit News. My mom used to work in uh, Utica, so shout out to Ford Motor Company in Utica. Uh, Nichols, who attended Tuskegee and Syracuse Universities, will replace Anjanette Delgado, who is currently serving as an intern executive editor for the Free Press. 
Shouts out to WNUC 96.7 FM in Detroit. What up, though? Once again. Yeah. Thank y'all for carrying Civic Cypher. And I want to shout out Black Enterprise for that story right there. Now, you understand why we had to make sure that you got that off because I don't understand. There's a few what up does that he's able I don't to understand get off anything. being from Detroit yourself. A shout out to the motor exactly. one time. Exactly. Now, let's talk about the conversation that we had recently with a, a friend of ours who is is the word apolitical when a person doesn't really is that am I saying that right? I'm not sure, right? Because I think the A as a uh prefix in that instance would be more prescribed to someone who does not follow or care about politics at all mm -hmm. and it's not really that okay it's but not, i said the right word but that doesn't really fit for this yeah for, for okay so yeah. so let, let's explain a little bit of background or maybe it's maybe it is right though because having strong opinions while not participating might render you apolitical right okay maybe there's that um well so paint a little bit of a picture of our dear friend i think he's kind of the the genesis of this um kind of the crux of what led to this but it's, he's not singular mm -mm, not at all but no, so it, it gave it gave me a lens into this type of thinking so. yeah but it's i for you i think you finally saw something that i've been dealing with for years okay not just with him with but with several lot of people, people that we know mm -hmm. which is kind of discouraging and it's this idea and it's really not their fault. Uh, you and I had a conversation with Charlemagne the God, and we were highlighting all of the reasons why so many people who would normally vote uh, on the same side of the aisle as us and have the same interest and want the same political and, and social outcomes have decided to just kind of tap out and not participate. Mm -hmm. And it's because political parties in this country this is this is where they do have some similarities are very much out for themselves individually sure, and not sure. their constituencies or the places that they come from or the people that vote for them okay. so because politicians have found a way to turn politics into a way to just make a lot of money for themselves no matter which way they lean uh they can be persuaded they can be uh lobbied they can be encouraged to do things that are not in anyone's best interest in particular and really not feel a way about it either way. In which direction will the most money come from? Okay, let's push forward policy that supports those groups. And when you have people who, while running for office, make you promises and give you the impression that they're fighting for you only for you to vote for them and then see that that's not their agenda at all over and over again mm -hmm. it really does make you want to just throw up your hand and say okay forget it man this is not benefiting me or my children or my family or my community in in, in any way any tangible way anyway sure so let's say it this way then um what our friend was trying to say is not in and of itself baseless there for folks that feel very disconnected from outcomes after having cast their vote we we don't want to pretend like that the feeling that these people might be experiencing is imagined 
right? So for folks like him who feel maybe exhausted or maybe feel like it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, um, we understand that. But what we're going to do today um, is kind of illustrate the difference between bad and worse, I guess, you know what I mean? For, for, for those people in that, <laughs> that, that subscribe to that reality, it does, you know, and I, and I understand it. We've actually been very critical of, uh, you know, I, I think that on this show we tend to, well, first off, the truth has a liberal bias to it, no matter what. And this is in fact, a liberal country. You know, if you surveyed 100% of the population, you'd find that most folks have a more liberal philosophy uh, to them. And so here we like to subscribe to the truth we 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 own our mistakes, et cetera. But um, we want to we don't want to shy away from the fact that there is a a a necessity to being critical of whatever political party you subscribe to, in addition to the opposing political party, and uh, that to be critical of any institution is to in effect push it to be better, right? holding people accountable. And that's, in fact, what we're talking about today. So first things first, this mass shooting this past week, which I know, um, which mass shooting this past week? I know. Yeah. So it was the one in Texas at the uh, outdoor mall. Yeah. Sadly, I'm not being facetious. No, I know. I know. There was, yeah. I, I, we had to talk about this on, yeah. on my other show. There was a total of eight, but depending on who lives and dies, because there's some people still in critical condition. And if, if one more person dies in an additional two shooting events, that will be the ultimate deciding factor in, insofar as whether or not those additional two events will be qualified as mass shooting events or not. So there were because those people still got shot, whether they die or not. Right. But that that there's every everyone has to measure. You're you're not wrong, but everyone has to agree on a set of statistics that qualifies a mass shooting event from just a shooting. Right. And funnily enough, we'll get there. But this is our country to provide semantics in ways that they're just not needed. But wait, people get shot, but nobody dies. And it was just a shooting. So wait until until we get to the end here, but watch this. Okay, so let's start off here. I'm going to read from Yahoo. The gunman who killed eight people before he was fatally shot by a police officer at a Dallas area mall last Saturday was wearing a tactical vest with the patch that reads RWDS, an acronym which stands for Right Wing Death Squad, a phrase that has been embraced in recent years by far right extremists. Oren Segal, vice president of the Anti-Defamation League's Center on Extremism, told the news service that RWDS reemerged in the 2010s among some right-wing groups who used it on stickers, patches, and in online forums. Quote, it essentially became a phrase that was co-opted to demonstrate the opposition to the left more broadly by white-stream extremists, uh, Siegel said. Uh, right-wing death squad was the name of the smaller groups that participated in the white nationalist unite the right rally in charlottesville virginia in august 2017 where um they uh ran over uh, one of the guys ran over that i forget her name but she was a white woman ally student actually went to that school um and she lost her life that day all right so before we read further i want to talk about this 
right wing death squad. Okay. So the policies, the culture, the ideals of the right in this country, uh, including the media and just the very nature of the, the political party itself can and has indeed yielded this as a result, right? Now, what folks on the right might say to counter this point is, well, look at Antifa. Antifa is violent. Antifa is, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Um, which is largely unfounded. However, in the incidents that can uh, really substantiate any claim that they have, the violence is not directed at human beings, it's not directed at any particular racial group. Antifa, for folks that are not familiar, is anti-fascist Antifa. So basically, people who hate Nazis, Nazism, or any version of that uh, re-emerging in this country or indeed globally. So it's the group of vigilante fighters that push back against basically the, the foundations of the Nazi party in Germany and, and, and what that would re-emerge as in this country, right? So you might see people being destructive, starting fires, throwing bricks, this sort of stuff, but you won't see any mass shooters. There's a different, like hate is one thing. Fighting back is what I, uh, 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 if I was to be as unbiased as possible, fighting back is what I feel like Antifa does or exists to do. It's not an organization so far, be it for me to paint with broad strokes. It's just people who subscribe to a philosophy. Um, but for the Antifa folks, the intention is to bring attention to or disrupt the movements that are based in fascism or indeed seed uh, fascism, whereas the far right extremists actually do commit real harm. I mean, a, a great example to use is uh, the brother who recently got let go by Fox News, the hyper popular, yeah, I know you're talking about far right wing extreme idiot. Um, no, that's cool. <clears throat> excuse me, I got my allergies kicked in almost. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the guy that said they are trying to replace you, him, uh, to his listeners, <laughs> some text messages or something leaked recently where an Antifa. Uh, supporter got jumped and he was not impressed by the amount of harm that was done to him. He thought it should have been far more in the moment he had, I think what he even described as a kind of ravenous desire for these white men to really show how white men can harm people mm -hmm. and didn't feel like they were doing enough, a good enough job. Sure. Just to paint you a picture of the Differences between the two ideologies, you know, this far right wing, right wing extremist. While seeing this young person get beat up, jumped, stomped on. And his own heart, his own mind and his private thoughts wanted more, wanted blood, wanted 
carnage. We wanted as much destruction and you know, let's get this guy as close to dead as we can. And then tries to walk it back. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because we don't want to seem like we tell half truths over here, unlike him. Then but. tried to walk it back. And I think that was just, you know, a, a, a way to give himself some plausible deniability. Uh, when when brought to the attention of the masses or to the public, that this is how this guy really thinks and feels. Mm-hmm. Um, because you said it, there are no there are no examples to the other extreme. Yeah, there's no and. Antifa folks who kill people indiscriminately at the mall, right? There is an um, enormous amount. And please know that if okay. there was, we'd know. Like, yeah. like let's they just, would they would make sure that, that we knew that. That'd be front page on as many news outlets that they control as possible. So let me let me add. So the fact that they haven't even made it up lets you know that as an idea, it doesn't exist. Sure, so they haven't even in their they 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 have shown us that being dishonest is not beneath them. Oh, what? Wait until we get to the second part of the show. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what I want to I don't want to necessarily focus on the right wing death squad. There is no left wing death squad, just to be clear. Exactly. And the closest thing would be Antifa in the minds of those people who've made them into the villains. Sure. Um, But Antifa is nowhere near a death squad. The only stories that I've encountered. The only people who subscribe to that philosophy that I've ever even been made aware of, they only attempt to like disrupt. Just in the idea that they don't call themselves a death squad. Sure. Just by itself. That by itself. Anti-fascist. And you shorten it, it's Antifa. That's it. Right. But if you don't know it stands for anti-fascist and you are a right-leaning person who only gets your news from one source, then it very easily could become a bad word antifa the same way they've made socialist a bad word sure and thank you for that so um what i wanted to make sure that we highlight is that it's the again culture it's the ideals it's the policies and it's the uh let's call it the framework of personalities and personnel in the right that has yielded a safe space for a place like right wing death squad it's it's yielded fertile soil for that seed to be planted watered continuously by fox news and grow and sprout into a person who would walk into a mall and kill people now let me continue to read here according to heidi branch co-founder of the global project against hate and extremism the proud boys a neo-fascist group of self-described Western chauvinists. Self-described. Our Google chauvinist is free. <laughs> uh, so this group is largely responsible for popularizing the use of RWDS. Again, that's right-wing death squad. Among their far right. Following the 2020 election, members of the Proud Boys joined supporters of then-President Donald Trump at rallies protesting the results. Proud Boys National Chairman Enrique Tarrio and other leaders of the group were photographed wearing RWDF's patches at those demonstrations. I am now super curious about Enrique. So, I know about this guy. Okay? Now, you read his name. Makes you think mm-hmm. Hispanic person. Right? A person of Latin descent. Indeed, he is. 
not unlike this most recent shooter in the Dallas area in Texas, right? Um, here's the here's the difference. The well, you know what? We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But suffice it to say that the uh, the person who carried out the shooting in Dallas, they've done their best to position this individual as a Mexican gang member rather than a, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but they, they've done their best on the right to position him as a Mexican dang, gang member rather than a neo-Nazi, completely ignoring his huge swastika tattoo and the RWDS patch on his clothes and all this sort of stuff. Um, and what they're trying to do is sow doubt in the minds of the, the people who subscribe to their news. Well, the, the the troubling thing is they don't need to sow doubt with those people. They're looking for the doubt. Yeah, and once they got sim something... simply saying it is enough. They don't... A shred they, of doubt is enough for them to They already it. feel that way. And okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. And it's and they ignore, ignore the pattern of behavior and the, the amount of evidence that is building, you know. But uh, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Okay. So... Another thing that people might say on the right is, well, listen, you're always blaming white men for these mass shootings who go into grocery stores and execute black people intentionally or people who go into churches and kill this group or that group or black people um, intentionally or whatever. But what about the transgender shooters? Right. So... Um, for the uninitiated, um, in might have been Nashville a couple weeks back, school shooting. Um, a person who was trans had gone to the school and she shot the school up. And ugh, I don't like talking about this. It's just so sad. And I have to like keep my composure. Forgive me, everyone. So, um, this person identified openly as trans, right? But what they did was they tried to establish a couple of other examples of folks who identified as trans. So I think there was three in total, including the most recent shooter in Nashville, a school shooter. And one of those examples was a person who tried to identify as trans in the last moments so that he would not be charged with a hate crime. Right very obvious that that was what was happening because there was no evidence or anything like that prior to this. And indeed this person who was in Colorado, this person's father was on the news saying some wild stuff. Anyway, you feel free to look it up. I know I'm not giving you all the details. We have to walk a fine line here between glorifying these people's names and all this stuff and really just kind of painting a broad picture with broad strokes. It's not that kind of show here. Um, but we recognize patterns. The thing is, of those three, one and a half might have had some credibility to it. And that's enough for the folks on the right to excuse the mountain of evidence that clearly suggests that there is a problem with the far right, with far right ideologies and these people that are being radicalized. They, in fact, are the terrorists that they tried to make out uh, folks from the Middle East to be. Um, around, you know, the, the turn of the, the century, the early 2000s. 
uh, for those that weren't around back then, there was a time in this country and it hasn't really fully subsided where no, people, I don't, I don't know that it ever will, were, but it this time has not this time in the country, people were very uh, prejudiced and discriminated openly against folks who had roots in the Middle East. Um, folks will also point to a couple of examples of black mass shooters most recently, the one in Atlanta. But that was based on, and first off, trans people, a lot of times they're bullied, which, you know, that's a thing that happens, something we have to deal with. It's not as prevalent as indeed the white mass shooters are. This black gentleman in the Atlanta hospital, he was mad at a doctor for not giving him certain pills that he needed to do, addicted to the hospital's pills, shoots the hospital up. We will see that in its entirety. Um, but we can't ignore the prevalence of white male mass shooters. Um, and folks always point to gun violence as well. That's a different type of terrorism than indiscriminate shooting at crowds. We have to make sure that we say that as well. So again, the two parties are not the same. We'll continue in just a minute. 